The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everybody and welcome to the final Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast for 2018. You're listening live here on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us is Porsche. Oh, Mac, I've been sleeping so well. It's been fantastic. Um, I bet. You're probably still hungover. Yeah, I, honestly, I had to go back and... Because I thought the Liam Stocker trade at the time seemed like a pretty good one on draft night. And I'm looking at it now, I think it looks really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it's uh, it's not a good one for Carlton, I don't think. It's, uh, no, no, it's a but... good, no, no, sorry. It's a good one for Carlton. I don't think it's a good one for Adelaide. What? Was, uh, no. Have I, have I read it no wrong? No way. Have I read it wrong? Oh, Adelaide could end up with pick one or two next year. From that, yeah, but they could have given up pick six and nineteen. You know, like it's not mm. like they'll get if if that happens, it's still not free. Um, but the chances of Carlton and Adelaide finishing at a reasonably equal level, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Oh, I think it's uh, definitely out of the question. But um, oh, really? I don't know. The the thing that I found interesting was that um, I think the Crows nailed the live trading because they managed to get themselves into what should likely be yeah. a top four pick next year. And uh, to go with that, they also traded um, a future fifth-round pick for a future second-round pick just to drop four spots back in this year's draft. Mm. So it's, it feels like they they nailed the um, the uh, the overestimating of current picks yeah, and right. uh, the the underestimating of future picks because they've got themselves into a very good position now. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but then I also think that they're drafting actually was not all that great anyway, so they're kind of, you know, evened out a bit, but there you go. Yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll talk about that. What was your view on the draft as a whole? Because I thought it was quite an interesting one, a bit of a strange draft. Look, it was interesting. Um, I think that we, we saw that uh, a lot of clubs were willing to trade up in later rounds, which I thought was fascinating. And I was sort of hypothesising that, you know, maybe, like, if, if we'd had this system in place in the in last year's draft, when we got Sam Hayes dirt cheap and when Hawthorne got... Um, Warple, James Warple, dirt cheap as well. I just don't think that would have happened this year in, in this system. Um, yeah. And so I think that's fascinating, you know, because sometimes a guy can drop for various reasons, just mostly because the clubs have other <coughs> priorities before them. But yep. that's not really an issue now. Like, people can go, oh, gee, that I can't believe he's still around. He's still there. Woof, jump, jump, jump. And they can do it. And they, it was quite, we saw quite a bit of that, really. So We did. We hmm. did see a bit of that. I thought it was quite interesting in that, you know, for a supposed super draft, there was so many mature age players that went um, quite early uh, in the national draft. Usually you don't really – you might see one or two mature ages and then quite a few in the rookie draft. But there was, what, 10 or 12 that got drafted in the national draft itself, um, which I found quite fascinating. Um, and I, I guess it puts the kibosh on this really being a super draft because that probably wouldn't have happened um, in any other year. No, well, I mean, I guess everyone's chasing other Kelly, aren't they? Um, mm. But uh, I think that also, we talked about it being a super draft, but again, I mean, we were already talking about it in the previews, that it was probably like a super top 10-ish or so. Um, super first I, round. Yeah, that's super, yeah, that's it. Super first round, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it kind of tails off, and I think that we've kind of seen that. Um, when you go through, like, I don't think, I don't think we missed a huge number of bargains between picks, say, 30 and our first pick, for example. Yeah. Yeah, there, there wasn't too many. There was probably a, a couple, but um, 
Yeah, it seemed like most players seemed to go where they should have gone, mm. which um, is probably a decent thing, I guess. But yeah. what I thought we would do is just very quickly go through oh, each yeah. club. Let's do that. Um, just, uh, just a quick comment on each club's draft. Uh, we'll start with Adelaide. They had the two early picks. They traded into pick 30. They got Will Hamill there. They picked Chase Jones and Ed McHenry. They got Lockie Scholl late. And they picked uh, Jordan Butts with the uh, with a rookie yeah. pick as well, which I liked. Uh, but otherwise, uh, on face value, it seems like they sort of went a bit early on a few players. Chase Jones is comfortably early. Ed McHenry is definitely early. Um, Hamill and Scholl, I mean, they're probably not terrible picks where they were. But just, like, I don't know, I don't know why they're so into Chase Jones. It's so strange. Like, he... What, well, they, you, I guess they that? need. Well, I, I don't mind Chase Jones. I had him, I think, 18th on my talent list, but um, it feels like they just jumped the gun a little bit there. But look, the Crows have done that a few times recently, and it's come off. So, not for uh, 80 centimetre quasi midfielders. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I guess we'll have to wait and see there. But um, you know, they've got uh, they've got history on their side. They, they know how to pick players, so I guess we'll wait and see with that one. I really like Brisbane's draft. They got uh, Eli Smith, Tom Berry, Tom Joyce, Connor McFadden with uh, with pick forty two was a uh, a bit of a bargain there, yeah, and no, uh, as was Tom Joyce with pick forty. I reckon. Yeah, um, it's funny to see um, Tom Berry going to his brother's club. He's already sitting there with Cam Rayner and everyone. I think that was obviously a pity in the know that that was going to happen. So that's pretty yeah. nice for them. But trade uh, in that cheap is quite nice for them too. Yeah. It is. Um, Carlton, as we said, they traded into the first round. They obviously got Sam Walsh with pick one, but they also got Liam Stocker. Mm. And uh, they picked a player called Finn Barrow-Dwyer, who sounds like Great a bare-knuckle boxer from uh, 1851 or something, um, <laughs> which is great. He, I'm sure he belong, He comes with a tweed hat and an old-timey moustache. I know. It's going to be funny when they say, oh, we've got an Irish player at, um, uh, at Carlton. They say, oh, Finn Barrow-Dwyer. No, no, no. He's from Yarrawonga. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, Collingwood, they got uh, they only picked academy players. They got Quainall with thirteen. They got Will Kelly at twenty nine, and they got Atu Bosena Velagi with uh, with a late pick as well. Yeah, look, they did all right. Um, obviously, getting you know a father son picking Will Kelly in twenty nine, you rated him pretty highly. I think that's probably a good price for him. Isaac Quainall, yeah. they probably paid a bit closer to what was his real value when you give the twenty percent discount on top of it. I think I yep. would have been a little bit disappointed he went quite that early, but you know, suck at Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you add in beams, that's probably a pretty, pretty decent oh, yeah. off season for them. Oh, for sure, for where they are, it's mm. pretty, pretty solid because Quayne will play next year. Um, Kelly might, yeah. um, and then beams in like that's pretty good for Collingwood in their yeah. position where they are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Essendon got them the mozzie. They got uh, they got the buzz with uh, Irving Mosquito. They nabbed him from. Um, uh, from Hawthorne. They also got Noah Gown, a tall forward, who we didn't really speak about, and Braden Ham as well. Is Mosquito the first, like, in the first three rounds, the first one that they have not actually matched, like a club has not actually matched on? Uh, no, nah, there's been a few. Uh, Kobe Much. Oh, yeah, I reckon yeah, okay. he was in the 20s. I reckon GWS didn't match him. Hmm. Yeah, there's been a few later ones, Harrison McCready and yeah, Josh Williams, I think, as well. for sure, but earlier ones, like, mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, much would be the only one that I can remember in the first yeah. two rounds, I reckon. Good call. Um, Frio had a pretty interesting draft. They got Sam Sturt. They they went maybe... A, I thought that was a, a really good pick. Suits them well. Valenti, they probably got good value there with 32. Mm. Then they went two guys from Williamstown, two uh, mature age guys. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I think they're probably going to get more out of Schultz and Billy than they'll necessarily get out of Valenti. And Sturt, he's a, huge, he's a project, so... 
We talked about how putting Sam Sturdy aside that's got a lot of system would be great. Um, Freo, I guess, I mean, Russ Lionel telling me exactly what he has to do. That might be good for him, but it might take away his flair too. So it'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Jordan, well, uh, sorry, Jordan. <laughs> uh, Geelong, wow. they picked Jordan Clark. That's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> with pick 15, I think that's really good value there, 15. Um, and then it looked like their South Australian scout um, certainly earned their money because they went... Uh, they picked four players from the SANFL. They got Ben Jarvis, Jacob Kennelly, and Jake Tarker as young guys. And they picked the mature age ruckman, Darcy Ford, as well. I think what you mean there is that the South Australian scouts are worried if they'll be uh, employed in three years' time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, Kennelly, interesting. Jarvis, I suppose it's about right spot. And the others, yeah, okay. And Oscar mm-hmm. Brown's obviously unbid on and uh, went super cheap. So. Very, very light. Mm-hmm. With, a, with a punt, Oscar Brown. Yeah, yeah. For them, um, uh, Gold Coast, Gold Coast, they got the, the two big guns, Jack Lacocious and Ben King. They also got Isaac Rankin with pick three as well. They went maybe a little early on Jez McLennan for me, pick 23, only because I don't see a spot for him, but I can understand why other teams would like him. Look, I mean, picking Ben King at pick six right after Max went at pick four to St Kilda, their desired club, like it just seems. Are they actually actively trying to get players taken away from them? It seemed very surprising to me. It is fraught with danger. (laughs) For Gold Coast of all clubs to do that, it's just amazing. Um, And Jess McLennan, look, I mean, I I still think that's a little bit early for Jess McLennan. Um, Yeah, I don't... Pick 23 is just a little bit too early, but, you know, he might work out for them. I don't know that he will, but good luck to him. Hello? Oh, did we lose Mecca? Aww. Hello, Mecca. Hello, hello. Are you there? Am oh, I here? You there? You okay, me? you're back. Great. Good. Yep. Okay. I think Ben King is just a needs-based pick, really. Uh, they had to pick him because they don't really have any other key defenders. Um, look, if he goes home in two years' time, so be it. But they were kind of a little bit hamstrung there, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, they kind of were, but they also had other picks later in the draft. They could have maybe had a crack at a key defender as well. And, you know, our, our, yeah. our mate James Blank went undrafted, so shit. True, true. <laughs> um, GWS nailed it, I reckon. They had a wonderful draft once again. Uh, Jai Coldwell with 11 is great. Mm. Haitley at 14 is great. O'Halloran at 22 is a decent pick. Hill at 24, mm. um, very, very good. They got Briggs as well and Connor Iden, uh very late. So I think um, they've added a once again, a hell of a lot of talent. Yeah, no, look, they've done pretty well. Um, I think that, look, I'm a little bit surprised that they picked Helen ahead of Hill, but they got away with it, so good on them. Um, mm. Kieran Briggs, I think that's probably about where he should have gone because there were some, I think I saw some mock drafts talking about him being a top 20 pick, and that seemed way too early. Uh, yeah. And Connor Arden, you know, 61, we talked about his difficult position at AFL level. I think that's where he should go. So I think that on the whole, they, I think that the most important thing for GWS is to say that they paid about the right price for what they got. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne, just the two picks. They got a GWS Academy guy late, and they also got Jacob Kaczynski with pick 52, which I reckon is a bit of a bargain. Oh, I don't know that it's a bargain. I would have thought it was just a bit of a weird one, personally. Um, yeah, good luck to them. It's Hawthorne. Mm. They could do what they want, really. No turn out <laughs> golden, so good luck to them. Yep. Uh, Melbourne got Tom Sparrow with 27. They got uh, Aaron Nitschke, one of our favourites, with 53. Good pick there. They picked up Toby Bedford late, one of their academy guys, and they got James Jordan and Marty Hoare as well. So a decent um, effort for Melbourne there. Pretty 
pretty small though. Uh, interesting, but I guess they've got the big mids. Mm. But it just seems like they're just saying, trying to accessorise that midfield now. So uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, North Melbourne they got Taron Thomas uh, with pick eight, uh, one of their academy guys. They got the two father sons in Bailey Scott and Joel Crocker. Bailey Scott with forty nine, I reckon, is an absolute bargain. Um, mm-hmm. And they also managed to sneak in another pick, which I, I'm not sure they would have gone in really expecting, but they managed to nab Curtis Taylor with 46. And look, he's got obviously a few issues in terms of work rate and that sort of thing, but in terms of talent, he is right up there. I had him 10th in terms of raw talent with the question we got asked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so to nab him with pick 46 is just about the bargain of the draft for me. You can say that, but we did also discuss his 39% effective disposal over the course of the 2018 TSC Cup. So, yeah. that's, And that was low for an inside mid, let alone forward. So I think that there's a lot of work to do. I think that he could have just ended up being another shin boner that doesn't do a lot. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, Richmond, they got Collier Dawkins with 20. That's a really good pick for them. Fraser Turner at 58. Uh, again, another bargain, I reckon. Oh, that's a big bargain. Um, that is a big bargain. And a couple of midfielders in Jack Ross and Luke English as well. What I hate about this is that when you see teams that are already doing fairly well have good drafts, it just makes it, you feel like you're going to prolong the pain. And I think that Griffin really did this. I liked Riley Collier Dawkins. I like Fraser. Fraser turn at pick 58 is stupid. Um, mm. Ridiculous they got away with it, but they did. So good luck to them. I hate you, Richmond. Go away. Go back to shit, Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, the Saints, they got uh, Max King with pick four. Uh, they got their man. Uh, Jack Bartell at 41, I reckon, is a, a really yeah. good pick for them as well. Um, and the most interesting one is they got Robbie Young, yeah, the former right. Paul Magpie, who uh, who spent three years under our nose. Um, <laughs> I didn't think he'd ever get drafted, but uh, so be it. He went to North Adelaide, won a premiership, and now he's drafted. So good luck to him. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll have this is the thing about being drafted to St Kilda is it might not be your premiership success, but you've certainly got a chance of getting a spot. So good luck to him. Hope he does it. Um, and Jack Bytel, you know, with the his history, pick 41, a good pick, and I think that he's going to be at St Kilda and have a bit of time in the uh, rehabilitation rooms with Max King. It'd be nice for him to have mates. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, Sydney, Nick Blakey, pick 10. I mean, that's just uh, that's about seven picks below what I expected Ridiculous. him to be bid on. Uh, James Rowe, bottom 25. I really like that pick. Zach Foote, 51. Adds a bit of pace and outside, um, outside run as well. Yeah, look, I mean, Nick Blakey, that was a cheap one, and he was already cheap one anyway, so it's just super annoying. Um, yeah, not a bad set of selections. Zach Foot again, pretty late. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do with him if they want him to be good. Yeah. Uh, I thought West Coast had a pretty good draft as well. Um, they picked a whole bunch of uh, whole bunch of talent. They got Xavier O'Neill with 28. Uh, Luke Foley at 31, I think, is mm, a good pick. Yeah. Bailey Williams, my boy, at uh, 35. Uh, yeah. Again, another bargain there. Uh, strange, I'm not sure how he's going to go at West Coast because he's uh, he's got about 10 other guys in front of him. Um, but it's a bit of an interesting pick. Uh, but I think at 35, that's a bit of a bargain. And 39, Jared Cameron, who, uh, who lit up the championships in a couple of games. I remember back in the day when West Coast drafted Mark Seaby, they were talking about him being a player that they could trade in a couple of years. And, of course, they ended up doing that. And I feel like Bailey Williams probably in that similar category. Uh, Luke Foley's a good pick up. Jared Cameron, that's uh, where he went. About, about right, I think. About right. Yeah. And finally, the Dogs. Uh, Bailey Smith will be certainly happy he got to stay at home with pick seven. They got uh, their, fa- their father's son, <laughs> Riley West, at 26. Again, a little bit low, maybe, from what I was expecting. Uh, Latham Vandermeer at uh, 37 was a bit of a strange one. 
Uh, ben Kavara, he'll be, uh, he's been one of those uh, mature age guys that's been sort of threatening to get drafted for a couple of years. So uh, it's very good for him, as has Will Hayes as well. So mm, I'm sure the they'll third, be happy with their draft. The third, the third from Williamstown, have we already named a couple from there? Um, yeah. Riley, Riley West, definitely late. And it's going to be another one of those picks where you go, oh, gee, how do you go so late? And I don't know, because as far as looking for a small midfielder, he had exactly the traits that you want. And he also had yeah. the heritage to go with it as well. So I think that's going to be a real shame for everyone else that they didn't gouge yes. them a bit more for that one. Yep. All right. That is uh, yeah, the draft cool. in a nutshell. We can calm down yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Any real uh, surprises uh, um, any that, we managed that to you came through? across? Anyway, we managed to get through 17 teams in 16 minutes. We did a good job there. I think that's a pretty good job. I reckon <laughs> uh, I reckon we nailed it. We nailed it. Uh, what about the guys that didn't get drafted? Any uh, any that you think were unlucky? or? Well, look, I mean, the interesting one for me was that um, James Blank didn't get drafted. And he was a guy that we both you know, thought we looked like a pretty decent uh, tall backman. I, yeah. I, think, I think we're both certainly surprised that we drafted Riley Grundy ahead of him, but uh, we went completely undrafted. So I don't know what's going on there. That'll be interesting to see if he pops up in a couple of years' time as one of these uh, mature age picks. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think, I think that, people yeah. were, were... He is pretty slow. I think maybe people yeah. were a little bit concerned about his pace. Um, whereas Grundy's a lot quicker. He's very, very quick. So I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe they just thought his one-on-one skills weren't good enough either. Uh, I don't know. Look, I had Sydney stack at 18 on my list. He didn't get drafted. Uh, looks like he might uh, go as this new special player, whatever it is that the AFL has just concocted in the last couple of weeks, um, which I guess replaces the preseason draft a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it looks like he might be on his way to Richmond, I think it is, uh, which would be great for them. Um, but yeah, it's a real shame that he didn't go in the in the national draft. I had uh, I thought Dylan O'Reilly, I had him thirty fourth, uh, okay. the tall forward from WA. I thought he might get a crack. Uh, Daly Andrews missed out the yes, the runner. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, Tom McKenzie lasting until I know. Uh, very very late, cheap. very very late in the uh, in the place. Yeah, uh, that was a huge shock for me. I thought mm. um, someone would give him a crack just because of his his uh, speed and athleticism. Yeah, um, as far as missing out, look, I, I went through the, the names that we talked about and the shorter players, and like, there were eight that we that we talked about that didn't get picked up, and that was Mihaila Koak with the shoulders that rotate around. Finn Betterman didn't go. Tom Lewis didn't yep. go. Um, obviously, yep. Sydney Stack. Joe Hinder didn't go. Angus Hanrahan didn't go. Uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Aiton Delaney didn't go and Daly Andrews didn't go. So, um, yeah, we talked about it, guys. Yeah. You didn't need to, Macca. What a rip. Oh, bugger. Bugger. <laughs> we'll need to be more efficient next year. That's yeah. it. Uh, uh, I guess the big one, and he is a big boy, Hugo Munn. Oh, okay. Was, oh, Hugo uh, Munn didn't get drafted, yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I wasn't big on him. I had him 53rd on my list. I expected someone might take him because he is a wonderful kicker goal. Yeah. And he just found a way to kick goals at the championships. But I think it goes to show you've you got to be more than just be a tall bloke yeah, um, these days. Because he's got no forward craft at all. He can't. He doesn't lead. Um, he's not a very good contested marker. Um, he just sort of gets his goals from, not to be rude, but almost laziness, really. Because <laughs> uh, he just sort of... He just sort of hangs back and the ball ends up in him, <laughs> ends up with him. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why he didn't go, but I still thought someone might take a punt with with him. Yeah, look, I'm a little surprised. Um, uh, Hudson Narendi didn't go either. I can't remember yeah. who else. Um, that tall, skinny guy that you 
the interview last year, but not this year. I forget who that was. I don't think he went. Mm, tall, skinny guy. Yeah. Oh, Matthew Green. No, oh, no, not him. He didn't anyway. go. Um, one of the Victorians, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. Yeah, um, no, not sure. Go. Oh, Zane Barzan. Zane Barzan. Yeah, that's the one. Zane, yeah. he, he did that's go. Him. Um, yeah. And just on Spreaker Chat, we've, we've been told, um, oh, actually, I'll say a couple of things in order. First of all, Filthy said that reached for McHenry during the mock draft. He reckons he picked it. Okay, good on him. Um, Craig Jones is going on about Jordan Sweet. He's very happy that Jordan Sweet got picked up. So. Yes. Well done, Jordan Sweet. That's yep. very good. Yep. That's very. He's been around the mark for a few years, and uh, Craig Jones has definitely been promoting him. And uh, <laughs> hasn't he? I'm sure he would have been over the moon on uh, on Friday night. Oh, look, you got to wonder if uh, Craig is uh, going to get picked up by the AFL for not being an accredited agent. Warren Young has said, "I thought on paper Gold Coast knocked it out of the park with their early picks. Everyone wants to leave Gold Coast, so they can't not pick everyone. There isn't a steady stream of Queenslanders." There's not, is there? And there used to be, like, five yeah. years ago, there was a steady stream of Queenslanders. That's dried up. And ironically, yeah. it's dried up after they've added two academies to Queensland. So what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, one of them went to uh, went to Geelong. <laughs> Bailey Scott. Yeah, right. So I'm sure they would have been very happy to, to keep him, <laughs> but uh, not to be, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So there we have it. That's uh, that's the draft. Oh, now I guess we better talk about our own. Um, how did you feel just before we go player by player as a whole how did you think we drafted Uh, look I mean I think that if you talk about our outs and who we need to replace we kind of did that Um, thought that yeah no we did we we really did like we talked you you could say oh you know where did we pick up Tobin Cox it's like well we did to list like four sub 180 centimetre guys or or to list or trade a bunch of short guys and I can see yeah alright fair enough maybe Mm. but yeah, we did all right. We did all right. So I think this is the biggest batch of midfielders we've gotten in my go since probably 2006 from memory. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for us. Well, it's a bit of a needs-based draft for us. Like We needed someone like Rosie and we got him. We needed some outside run and class. We got him in butters. Uh, we definitely needed some sort of key defensive option to, uh, to develop. We got that in Grundy. Probably needed another small forward. With a couple of them going, we got that in Woodcock, um, and we got a tall guy that might be able to develop in uh, in Dersmer as well. Um, so I think it was definitely a needs based draft uh, for us. And I think we did well. I think uh, I'm very very happy with uh, with Rosie and Butters. I think Woodcock, where he went, is a really good value. And uh, look to get someone like Grundy. He's coming from a long way back in terms of his footy IQ. Uh, and his ability to get the ball, but defensively he's very, very good. He's got really good athleticism. Um, and look, at pick 73, I think that's a bit of a bargain as well. Yeah, I, for me, I, I guess, like I said, we replaced what we'd listed, but I, I still don't think we did what we needed to do for our list. I think we really could have done the uh, young tall forward in this draft, but I mean, there weren't mm. exactly you know a lot of them on the ground that were really worth picking. No. But, well, some, we some had the chance, do it. Was, do it as we said, there was Munn there, there was Bars in there, there was Garoni there, there was options there for tall forwards, yeah. but uh, certainly wasn't the draft for tall forwards, that's for sure. No. There wasn't many around. Yeah. Uh, in fact, outside of Lukosius and Max King, I'm not sure there was <laughs> too many that got drafted outside of that, <laughs> no, off I the top of my head. But... I don't think so, no, probably not. Mm. Mm. All right, let's look at uh, the players we did pick. Connor Rosie, we yeah. picked with uh, with pick five. 
Um, he's a 185-centimetre right-footed uh, outside midfielder forward flank. He can play down back as well. Um, look, he's been uh, one of the most talked-about players uh, for a couple of years now. He won the Kevin Sheehan medal as the best player of the Under-16 Championships uh, two years ago in 2016. So he's been a, an elite-level footballer for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, and look, I mean, I kind of wonder with this draft whether we should have uh, Josh Carr just actually officially sitting at the table just to make it formal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, look, it's a, it's a good pick-up. I still would have preferred Bailey Smith, I reckon, but, um, you know, picking a South Australian for Port Adelaide when it's not a big difference, I get it. Um, I'm a bit less enthused because I think the last times that we've done that with players... Uh, it's probably been it's been Hamish Hartlett and Chad Wingard where we've had early picks and we've drafted the you know the South Australian nearest our early pick, um, and it's all right. You, you, you get yeah. you get okay players. <laughs> It'd be nice to actually get a, like a legit straight out superstar player in Rosie if if he turns out to be one. I guess we'll find out. But um, he's look he's got a lot going for him, and um, I think that you're right. He does fill a role for us. I think that if you're talking about the replacing thing, I think he's probably I don't know. Do you reckon he's replacing Pollock or Wingard? I reckon probably Pollock. <clears throat> yeah, look, I think he'll become a midfielder in time. I think he'll be a centre-square midfielder in time. Mm. I really like his pace and athleticism. Uh, he's got, he's got great agility. Brain. He's got the quick brain. And the best thing about him is that he uses the ball really, really well. I think he's got a really, he's got a nice long kick, but he's also got an accurate kick. Um, can hit up short targets very well. He's good in front of the sticks. Uh, pretty clever around goals. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. Um, I guess some have sort of questioned that midfield potential, but... I think he's definitely got it in him. As I said, like two years ago, he was the best midfielder in the country uh, when he won the Kevin Sheen medal. Um, he hasn't, you know, the, the other thing that's held against him is that he has been playing senior footy all year for North Adelaide. Um, he hasn't been like a lot of other players that get drafted where he's um, playing the TAC Cup against other players his age. If he was playing under 18s um, in South Australia, there's no doubt he would have been running through the midfield and picking up high numbers. Um, but as it is, he got to play in a forward pocket, on a forward flank, in a back flank for North Adelaide senior side, and he got great experience and won a premiership as well. Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess if he needs motivation, he's got Sam Mays on hand to point out what happens when you're a highly rated South Australian flanker that doesn't live up to their reputation. <laughs> yeah, well, that too, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm happy we picked him. Um, I had him ninth on my list, uh, but very only very, very below that sort of fifth uh, on talent as well. Mm. Um, would I have preferred Bailey Smith? Maybe, but look, you can't overlook the fact that, you know, there's so much talk about him and uh, his alleged talk is talk uh, sort of draft tampering, I guess you would call there was, it. There was all that talk about Jack Darling too and, you know, various other players that have duped the system in the past. And it worked. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it right. Worked. It did work. That's the problem. <laughs> it worked. Everyone goes, how'd they get this so cheap? Well, here you go, mate. This is why people didn't call the bluff. Oh, well, what wouldn't have been good is if we did pick Bailey Smith at five and he does leave in two years or one year. Depends who's and doesn't put in. That's the thing. <laughs> but, look, I'm, I'm happy we got Connor Rosie. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good pick. Uh, what are your expectations of him for next year? Look, I mean, one of the things that's a little bit nice out of this draft is that with the exception probably, I don't know, of Dersmo, like they're pretty good kicks. So he could play a lot of games next year, um, particularly mm. as fans get more and more frustrated with our inability to hit a target. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think he's pretty much ready to go. He might be a little bit slender, but he's got good muscle definition. I think he'll be able to improve that this off-season. He's already played a lot of senior SANFL footy this year, so he's mm. up to playing against men already. Um, you know, he's a fit guy. He could easily, we could easily see him on a forward flank or forward pocket come round one next year. Yeah, and look, it wouldn't surprise me if they did um, the the winter rest for him. So they give him a good run on the the you know the uh, the, the the sunny days and the, the dry grounds, and then during June July he goes back to SNFL and then maybe comes back for the second half of the year. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, although it's it, they're given you know for that lady who probably just play until he drops. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, I could easily see him playing fifteen or eighteen games next year, quite comfortably. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a variety of roles, I guess it depends how he goes, but uh, I think he'll certainly be around the mark for round one. Um, next player, Zach Butters, who we got with pick 12. Um, mm. I guess there wasn't too many players that went before then um, that you would think, gee, I would have loved them sort of oh. thing. Jai Colwell, probably the only one who went the pick before. Um, with uh, to GWS with pick eleven, I would have loved him. I reckon that would have um, that would have really um, sort of nailed that sort of midfield potential for the future. I reckon, but um, Zach Butters with pick twelve, I reckon that's as good as it gets. Uh, to be honest, um, you know we both rated him pretty highly, and uh, look, he's a one eighty one centimeter right footed uh, outside midfielder. Um, can play as a small forward. He's good in front of goals. Um, he's got a bit of pep about him. Um, he's a little bit arrogant, which I like. Uh, he's got great skills, good pace, reads the play really, really well. He just knows how to play footy. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm pretty happy that we went with Butters. Um, and honestly, I, I pretty much would have been happy if we'd gone with Butters if Calder was available, just because I think that now what we've done, you know, whatever else you might say about the draft, we've come out of it with guys that have, you know, proven to be pretty consistently fit with the, you know, a couple of non. A couple of injuries that are probably not leg injuries, I guess, that are going to yeah. hinder you for the rest of your life, or back injuries or things like that. Just, you know, little things. Um, Butters is my favourite player in this draft. I'm going to enjoy watching him play footy for the next however long, hopefully at Port Adelaide the whole time. Uh, mm. I, there was a comparison on, on, I think, draft night about him being a bit like Hayden Ballantyne. Um, yeah, I can see that, um, except he's a really good kick. He can, he can hit targets. He can hit targets. He's smart. He's He does he's, he's everything you want in a... Like at, uh, you know, outside, inside midfielder that's probably second string. Um, yeah, I, I'm really keen on him as a, as a player, and I, yeah, it's excellent. Welcome, yeah. Zach. Welcome. This is going to be fun. Let's have some fun. <laughs> it's good. We've both been big fans of him for a long time. I remember watching him last year as a bottom major and putting an asterisk next to his name saying, one to watch for next year. And mm. um, I had him in the top 10 at the start of the year, and he's pretty much stayed around the same spot. I think I had him 11th on my talent list, and we got him with pick 12, so... Sounds about right for me. Um, Look, he's just a great footballer. He's a natural footballer. He's just one of those kids that you watch play and you go, he's got it. He knows what to do. He does. And look, I mean, he's also played, you know, we talk about the advantage for South Australian players sometimes is that they played against men. Uh, So Connor Rosie has. Well, Zach Butters has played apparently in the Ballarat Football League. So there you go. He's had a Mm. crack and been out there and he's managed to get out with his head intact. So uh, good (laughs) luck to him. That's it. (laughs) Uh, he's just full of class. He's uh, he's got great skills. Um, probably needs to improve his defensive pressure. But yeah. ultimately, my comparison is that I reckon he's the player that I really he will be the player that I really hoped Carl Amon would become. Is how I would put it. 
he probably doesn't have the burst speed, but he does seem a lot more um, balanced, I think, as a footballer. He, I do think he's, like I said, better at hitting a target. He's, he's an all right kick. I don't know that he's like a boomer kick, but he's right up there. He, uh, I think he's going to be a really good footballer for Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on his prospects for 2019? Um, again, if we're talking about our problem at Port Adelaide being that we have trouble hitting targets, I think that he could come in very early. I don't think he's around one necessarily unless he has a strong preseason. Um, he might get it, be a player that gets looked at more towards the middle of the season. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting him to play a lot of games next year, though I think he could. On a, again, on a forward flank, something like that, I think he could play a lot of games. Um, but I'm, I'm expecting he'll get a taste, but I think 2020 will be the year that he becomes a regular. I reckon he'll get sort of maybe five or six games next year. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about like a character comparison to Josh Carr. Like Josh Carr took a couple of years to get games. I think it was 2000 before he was playing, and he was drafted in 98. So, um, yeah. yeah, it happens, even with players that turn out to be really good. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to watching uh, Zach Butters play for Port Adelaide in the future. Yeah. Uh, the next pick we had was pick 18 mm. after uh, Academy guys and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it was probably a few um, guys that I really wanted that went before that pick. Uh, well, pretty much all of them. Uh, Hately at 14 <laughs> yeah. went to GWS. I would have loved him. Awesome, uh, Jordan Clark at 15, I would have loved him. Sam Sturt at 17, would have loved him. Um, Ed McHenry at 16, not so much. Um, but certainly those three other guys I would have loved. Um, but we ended up picking up, and look, we probably need to apologise because maybe we went a bit overboard on uh, on Thursday night. We had a few oh. complaints about what was said. Oh, so yeah. for that, uh, I certainly do apologise. Uh, but we picked Xavier Dersmer, uh, who's a 184-centimetre inside-outside midfielder, can play on a flank as well. He's from Gippsland Power and Vic Country. Uh, had great form at TAC Cup level all year. Um Underwhelming at the champs, only averaged fourteen disposals there. Um, what are your thoughts on the Xavier Dersma pick? Still not keen on it. Now that you're not, uh, now that you're not drunk. <laughs> still not keen on it, and still feel like we. I mean, like Liam Stock the next pick, Riley Collie Dawkins the pick after that. Like I would have been really stoked with either of them, quite frankly. Um, Dersma, look, he's obviously a nice kid. He's from the country, uh, and from what he says in all these press conferences and stuff, he looks like he's really keen to be at Port Adelaide, so that's good. Um, but I don't know, I just I just still don't see it. I've tried to convince myself he's going to do a Josh Franco, um, in that Josh Franco was a player I didn't particularly like when he was sort of more outside. As a flanker, I felt mm. like he missed targets too often. Um, all of his weaknesses were exposed, but then when he actually went in the centre, when he was ready to, uh, he just became a superstar. And I'm hoping that Dersma, we can have a, a similar thing when his frame fills out. Uh, yeah. He's got a good frame. If he, if, he, if he can play as a full-time inside mid, his deficiencies go away. Um, yeah. So I think that that's got to be, from my perspective, what we're aiming for. Obviously, it would be good if he could improve his ability to actually hit targets reliably as well. But I think yeah. if he can become that full-time, full-time inside mid in, <clears> say, <throat> two or three years, then I think that he could work out really well for us. Yeah. You can see why he's a popular player. And look, we're almost on our own in terms of where we rate him. We both rated him a fair bit lower. I had him in 32nd, I reckon, on my talent list. Um, but a lot of scribes, a lot of people that watch football have all said, no, nah, he's, he's got it. He's got a lot of potential, that sort of thing. So, um, look, in terms of the type of player he is, for me, he just oozes Brad Ebert. 
Or he looks the same, he runs the same, kicks the same, just plays the same. Yeah. Um, both good and bad, Brad Ebert, um, or bad Ebert, you could say. Um, you know, he's he plays taller than he is. I think he's got a great frame where, look, if he got drafted to the Crows or Geelong, um, he'd have 10 kilos on him by the end of preseason, and he'd be a fucking monster, right? <laughs> so I guess it's up to the club to uh, to get some weight onto him because he's certainly got the frame that he should be a really imposing-looking player. Uh, he's got wide shoulders. Um, he's got the type of frame that he just should be a huge inside midfielder for me. Um, I like the fact that he's very athletic. He's got pace to burn. Uh, he's got good burst speed. Um, has the agility to evade tackles as well, and that strength will come in time as well. I've got no doubt about that. But it is just the footy side that uh, that needs a bit of work for me. Yeah, um, now we've got a bit of uh, cheekiness from Windy Runner on Spreaker Chat saying best pick of the draft, and uh, Kirsty has chimed <laughs> in, and at least I'm probably going to change what I'm doing. Porsche, I love listening to your commentary, but the tea staring in my headphones is enough to break the friendship. Okay, sorry, I will look into getting another one of those mugs that keeps the second cup of tea warm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, look, it's it's all about the kicking for me. That's where it falls down. I think athletically he's the package. I think physically he looks really good. Um, but it's the kicking which is just a real mixed bag. And he lets himself down with his disposal too often for me mm. with, uh, with either poor choices or poor execution of kicks. Um, for me, he's too tentative when he gets the ball, especially... Um, once he's marked the ball, he'll sort of go back and then he'll see an option. It looks like he's about to kick. Then he'll go, no, nah, I don't know about that. He'll have a look at another option. No, nah, I don't know about that. And then he'll kick it to the one that he was going to kick to anyway. And by then, that, that player's been covered um, and it usually ends up in a turnover. That's the thing that I don't like uh, about his game. Yep, same. Um, it's something I really dislike and particularly a particular Port Adelaide because, or at least, sorry, particularly at Hinkley's Port Adelaide, we're taking that impetus, taking that momentum forward and, you know, moving the forward, the, the ball forward really, really quickly. Uh, just mm. running like madcap idiots is so important. I think that at Port Adelaide, that's kind of anathema to Hinkley football. Um, under the next coach, who knows? Uh, but at, at this point, I think it's probably something that's going to get drilled out of him pretty quickly. Um, yeah. You know, look at the first option, most of the time, go for it. Probably something like that. Who knows? Mm. Um. Where do you see his prospects for next year? Yeah, uh, look, I mean, it depends. I, I feel like he's probably behind a few people, but a strong preseason, who knows? For me, he's behind someone like Joe Atley, but who knows? Maybe the reason we went with Desmond is because we decided Joe Atley is sort of fading. Um, don't know, don't know. We don't. We, we, don't we, need, we need to see where the club rates him in terms of our midfield, our, our midfield prospects, but he could get yep. some games or he could get none at all. Uh, hard to know. He's he's almost in that Willem Drew category of we don't really know. Yeah. Look, for me, he's almost a smoky to play the most out of our draftees. Because yeah. I think he's got the right sort of size that he'll fit in okay at AFL level physically. I think he's got the outside attributes which Hinkley will love and his bowling ability and run and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it would it would not surprise me at all if he plays more than 18 games next year. Um, I can also see him only playing two, but if he has a good preseason, if he puts on a little bit of bulk, um, if he shows that he can get the ball 
in the preseason games, he could easily play more than 18 games next year. Look, he could, and that's mostly because we've um, culled some of that top end and we've culled some of the deadwood as well. Like, you, mm. know, you look at how hard it was to get a game for Port Adelaide last year, and the only people it was hard for were people that we had drafted in the last two years. Um, if you've been there longer than that, it was not too hard to get a game, you know, like Jake needs farewell game and shit like that. Um, yeah. So if you, we've removed a lot of those, and we've removed a couple of legit senior players that should be would have got a good games every week. Like, you know, Pollock and uh, Wingo would have got a game every week. Pittard would have got a game most weeks just because he's Pittard, and suddenly all those games are available to, first of all, play the, the guys that Ken still loves, and then play new guys, so um, he's got a real shot of getting in there, and you know, as long as he doesn't screw up too much, he might he might stay in, it's hard to know, he's probably physically ready to, um, mm. even though we're talking about him, we want him to build up his frame a fair bit, um, he could probably survive the bumps and whatever else and you know do something, but if he gets out there and he just looks lost... You see that? I mean, we saw that with Riley Bonner in that preseason game, but if you see Desmo go out there and he just doesn't look like he knows what he wants to do, we won't see him again until next year, so or the year after. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm okay with this pick. I probably would have preferred Stocker. Um, mm. I de- definitely would have uh, preferred Ian Hill if we didn't get Butters beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if we got... If Coldwell, say, fell to our pick 12, it would be interesting to see if Butters fell to uh, pick 18 or if the Crows or Frio got in first uh, or GWS because I know Hinkley said that they were concerned that he would go the pick before our pick um, but look at the end of the day Xavier Dersmer is with us I'm going to support him 100% I think he's got a lot of potential um, I hope the club put a lot of effort into improving his kicking because look you improve his kicking I think there's no doubt he's going to be an AFL player yeah, and like significantly improved. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and mm. it's not just the kicking, but mostly the decision making, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that would be really good. Um, just on Spreaker chat, Johnny has said, would have much preferred Ian Hill or Riley Collie Dawkins over Dersma. I think that's fairly. I, I feel like sometimes when you make a pick, they go, oh, that's a bit weird. It's usually when there's not really clear, better players on the table. Like, there's guys that you could make a case for. Um, but yeah. I feel like this is probably one of the strongest ones where you could actually make a pretty a pretty solid case for the guys that we can pick. But, you know, we've done it now, <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Then we had to wait a day and a half. <laughs> Just I know, right? Uh, well, not a day and a half, really. It's probably half a day, really. Um, uh, until right down the bottom, we get to a pick seven three. I was sitting there at work, not really expecting anything to happen. Then got a little message on the phone saying, ooh, Riley Grundy. I was like, oh, yeah, what's happened there? And have a look in uh, pick 73. We get Riley Grundy. I'm not sure I was really expecting. I, I was expecting us to maybe use one pick. Certainly wasn't expecting us to use both the later ones. Nice. But um, it, it was kind of interesting. As as we said before, it was uh, a strange draft in just how many mature-age guys went through that sort of third, fourth round. A lot more than usual. And it meant that um, someone like Grundy maybe fell to our pick. Um, he's a 194-centimetre key defender, very, very defensive key defender, barely gets the ball at all. Um, he averaged just five disposals at the champs, but he did show uh, some really good defensive work. Um, what are your thoughts on Riley Grundy and that pick for Port Adelaide? I didn't like him because he was basically Stephen Daniels. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Daniels? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say about <laughs> another human being. I know. Look, I mean, these 
deficiencies in his game. We're talking about having a young defender to develop, and yeah, fair enough. He's got a lot of development to do. And again, reading post draft stuff, they're talking about how he, you know, he likes to ask lots of questions and everything else, and that's good. Um, mm. And that he didn't play football until three years ago. It's like, well, he's had a player brother in the AFL. Like, why didn't he start playing football until three years ago? Mm. Weird, weird little things, but I don't have a lot of upside. But then again, where we drafted him, you can't you can't really go into pick whatever sixty blah blah whatever ended up being. Uh, expecting a player to come out and perform well. Um, I guess we'll see how he does at SNFL level, and then, you know, if he if he's got something, he can't be a lot worse than Homsch was in his last few games. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, look, he'll get time to develop. I've got no doubt about that. I think he's someone that um, forget about a two year contract. I think he'll just be at the club minimum four years. I reckon, oh, God, I straight not. off the bat. And uh, he'll get time to develop because we don't really need him right now. It's only in case of emergency that we really need him. But as you said, look, pick 73 in the draft. You're not going to get a ready-to-go key defender. Um, It would be pretty rare for that to happen. Um, So for a speculative pick, I'm pretty happy to get someone like Grundy. Athletically, he's really, really good. He's got good pace, can keep up on the lead, all that sort of stuff. He just needs to learn how to play football basically. Um, I think it's great that he is inquisitive and asks a lot of questions of his coaches and that sort of thing. And I think the club will love that about him as well. And I think that I think we'll see a fairly quick spike in development for Riley Grundy. I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, I guess we'll find out. I'm, I'm, I'm not super optimistic, but hey, let's find out. Maybe maybe have another growth spurt as well. You know, maybe something mm. else will happen. I don't know. Um it's just a uh, well. Look, I think 194 is a pretty good size, especially with the pace that he's got. I yeah. think uh, I think he'll be handy in that regard. That's for sure. But there's not too many non-attacking, full 100% defensive key defenders around anymore. There's not too many Simon Prestigiacomos exactly. running around the AFL at the exactly. moment. Yeah. Um, Daniel Talley is probably the only one, and. Uh, even he still gets the bowl a fair bit these days as well. But he did have to learn that. He did have to learn that. Um, so maybe Riley Grundy's in the same boat. Well, I noticed in the press where he said that Daniel, Daniel Tarley was his, probably his role model as a player. So time, mm. maybe, maybe time to find a different one. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if he ends up winning uh, the Rising Star in his third year, then uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, look, I don't expect him to play a game next year unless uh, something drastic happens, like some mass injury list, or it happens. he has some huge spike in uh, in development. Um, but at this point in time, I'm I'm not really expecting him or really wanting him to play AFL next year. I just think he needs to build up his body a bit and uh, just work on his uh, on his craft. Look, I mean, I think we're really only like a Tom Jonas suspension away and maybe a, a bit of a calf niggle to one of the other guys from him playing AFL football, to be completely honest. So that's kind of scary. Nah. There you go. Nah, McKenzie's in front. We'll put Bonner back there. Yeah. Bloody Hamish Hartlett's back. So he'll probably play centre-half back for most of the season. So maybe, yeah. um, I've, yeah. I think there's a few other options there. But, yes, it is. Uh, look, maybe he will play a couple of games. You never know. But uh, I'll... To be fair, I would probably hope not, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, yeah, me too. So I don't think he'd be anywhere near ready, but if, uh, you never know. Well, I mean, just for me, like if this year we could find any reason to play Jack Homsch, then we can certainly find a way to play O'Reilly Grundy. 
Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think back to Dougal Howard and the first year that he was on the list, and I thought he was an absolute mile off from mm. AFL football. He looked no chance of becoming an AFL footballer in my eyes. And then, bang, over the course of one preseason, um, he got it. He had a, you know, he was the most impressive player in the preseason uh, of the year that he debuted. Played a few games, obviously did his knee during that season. But, um, look, it can happen pretty quick, um, sort of spikes in development, that sort of thing. But um, And, look, last player that we drafted in the uh, senior draft, uh, I was, certainly wasn't expecting us to pick anyone else, but uh, pick 76, we read out Boyd Woodcock's name. Good old Stiffy. We've got our own Stiffy. There we go. Um, and a good look again for a speculative pick. I think this is great. 174 centimeter small forward can play as an outside midfielder as well. He had a great season at uh, SANFL level. Um, played a starring role in their finals. Uh, kicked three goals in each of the prelim and grand final uh, victories. So um, he's someone that uh, almost immediately comes in and becomes our best small forward. He's certainly an upgrade on Jake Need, and he's certainly an upgrade on Cam Hitchcock. Um, he's probably the best small forward we've had on list for a little while, quite honestly. Um, yep. Like pure small forward, yeah. No doubt. Look, he's um, he's nuggety. He's uh, got reasonable pace. He's got very, very good skills. He knows where the goals are. Uh, he can kick goals from all angles, can snap them, can uh, kick them from set shots from the boundary. Yep. He's got a, got a pretty decent-sized kick for someone that's um, pretty small. Uh, which is good. Um, but, yeah, he is very, very small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 174 yeah. centimetres. He's uh, 68 kilos. Uh, probably I'm not sure if he's going to want to stay that size or if we're going to try and beef him up a little bit. But, uh, as I said, I think he immediately comes in and um, we've been talking about prospects for next year. And I think, again, he's someone that could easily play 18-plus games next year. Do you remember the old Looney Tunes cartoon with like the big dog and the little dog jumping, yapping around him? I hope he does that with Charlie Dixon all preseason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the first time ever, we might have a crummer up forward. I know. Who can I'm, kick I'm goals. excited for that. Because <laughs> Jake Knee was just a sheepdog who chased a lot and but couldn't get the ball. Uh, Cam Hitchcock was always pinging his hamstring. Mm. Um, well, Sam so Gray. He a snap kick. He only did set shots and straight line kicks. Yeah, yep. Sam, Sam Gray's too busy taking marks up on a wing yep. and uh, can't kick anyway. Um, but finally, it looks like we've got someone that is actually a decent crummer mm. who can play as mm. a proper small forward and not as a full forward. And yeah, um, yeah. we'll be hanging around, hanging around Charlie Dixon. That would be great. Oh, my God. Like every, every one of those descriptions you give, you can name a passport Adelaide player that played a hell of a lot of games, more than they should have, and you go, oh. <laughs> Like that last one about plays as proper small forward and I was a full forward. Oh, is he referring to Brett, to Brett Ebert or to um, Chaycock to Collins there? You know, like... <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if I see 174-centimetre Boyd Woodcock one out at full forward, I'm going to oh, break into the members section at Adelaide Oval. I'm going to run up the grandstand. Oh. I'm going to bang on the glass and go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible. Surely that? now. Surely, surely now. Surely, surely we've got a crummer. Hopefully. God, it would be so good if we have a crummer. 
<laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you know the, uh, the the parental thing, which uh, you put like a, a bit of a waist strap around the child and you hold them with a leash so <laughs> yeah. that they're like a dog so they don't run away. It's Charlie awesome. Dixon needs one of them. Yes, definitely. With Boyd Woodcock. Don't go too far away from me, mate. Just you just stay within five meters of me. We'll we'll get through it together. We'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what needs to happen. Look, as I said, I expect him to play a lot of games next year, um, mm. and hopefully, he becomes a raging success because uh, he's the sort of player that can come in. And look, we've seen it all across the AFL over the over the last couple of decades. Really, is that you know small fours can come in and have an immediate impact more than any other player type um, in the league, pretty much. Um, There's a lot of examples of, you know, guys that come in and just immediately become, you know, 20 to 30 goal a year goal kickers straight off the bat. Mm. And I'm hoping that Boyd Woodcock is our example of that. But the other thing that tends to happen with small forwards is that they are the ones that even when they become senior players, they still tend to get dropped for a couple of games a year. Um, so yeah, no doubt. It's a weird no one. Doubt. I don't know why that is, but it does seem to be the way that even like even the great small forwards get dropped when I get to one or two games a year. It's strange. Yeah. Right, that's good. Uh, that was our senior draft. Yeah. Um, then one. we then we went through the rookie draft, and uh, I think Carlton got a good pick with Hugh Goddard, number one. Mm. Um, he was obviously a first rounder back in the day. Uh, hasn't played a lot for St Kilda, uh, very injury riddled, but uh, gets his chance at a different club. Uh, someone called Tooth Jock Jock got Thank drafted, you. which is great. <laughs> Almost as good as Finbarro Dwyer. And then we landed at pick nine, which was our rookie pick, and we picked Tobin Cox, which was a bit of a surprise, I have to say. Uh, I did a bit of research on him prior to the draft. I had him as a speculative talk-about guy for us, mm. but just figured that he didn't do anywhere near enough to get drafted, so there was no point talking about him. But uh, here we are. It's a weird one, isn't it? And particularly given Tom McKenzie went with the next pick. you know. I am filthy about that, to be honest. <laughs> I, am, I am really filthy about that. I thought Tom McKenzie with... Yeah. The, the way that we try and play football, yes, yes, he would have been perfect, absolutely perfect, lightning, quickest player in the draft, yep. uh, really good size, um, a proven ball winner, uh, played really good at the Champs, played really good for Northern Knights. Um, yeah, he would have been good. He would have been really good. But uh, alas, we chose to pick another 100 uh, sub-180 centimetre small forward. Yeah, this, this is where it went a bit too far for me. Like, picking, you know, small players, this was the one, this is the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and speaking of Tom McKenzie, like, he was he got one of my rare, you know, good ticks for a player. So I'm, I'm very disappointed that we didn't take that opportunity. But, um, mm. yeah. Well, even Durak Tucker, I would have liked Durak Tucker. He went a couple yeah. of picks later. And yeah. Damon Greaves, we spoke about briefly yes, on the podcast true. as well. And uh, obviously Jordan Butts went to pretty much the last pick, I think. Um, Jordan Sweet. <laughs> look, we we could have, we could have, yeah, we could have yeah. got Jordan Sweet, and then Craig Jones would have melted completely <laughs> in uh, in joy. Um, but alas, Tobin Cox, I, I just don't understand this pick. To be honest, I don't understand this pick. Um, he was uh, very, very good as a fifteen and sixteen year old. Has been injury riddled since then. 
Um, he, he started the preseason overweight this year. Um, you know, he kicked, I think, 22 goals from 14 games at SANFL reserves level. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's 177 centimetre, 78 kilo, small forward. He's not overly quick. Um, doesn't win a lot of the bowl. I, I'm, I'm just at a loss to understand why we've picked that type of player. Yeah, look, it's strange. I think that, like, our actual selected, you know, on the day rookie picks are just so bizarre. Um, like, our, even our Category B ones, you know, they were great. And the main draft, yeah, it was pretty solid. But mm. the fact that we did what we did with picks one and two in the actual rookie draft, they're just really strange. It was really, really strange uh, that we did what we did. I don't understand it. I don't understand. Are we moving on to Cam Hewitt? Because I, I certainly don't understand why we gave Cam Hewitt yet another chance. Um... I don't get it at all. Do you get it? Uh, no, all I can understand about the Tobin Cox pick is that it just must be a fanboy. Like, must Parker be. just must be a fanboy of his. Like, he just saw him one day and it clicked and just goes, oh, this kid's got everything. And that's why we've picked him. I know he kicked five goals against us during the year against the Port Magpies Reserves, but honestly, I reckon I could have kicked five goals against the Port Magpies Reserves this year because they got thrashed by 150 points every week. Um, so that's not really saying much. Uh, I, I don't get it. Look, we got Woodcock. We got Woodcock. I don't understand why we then pick up a worse version of Woodcock. I don't get it. But, look, do we do we need small forwards? Probably. Maybe he'll be a surprise packet and end up being the best of the lot. Who knows? Um, one touch, Tommy said, Port's obsessed with Cox this year. <laughs> Woodcock and Cox, there you go. Woodcock and Cox, that's it. Yeah, fits well with the dick, with the Dixon. But uh, there we go, there we go. Uh, Cam Hewitt redrafting him, we knew that was going to happen. Um, I don't understand it, to be honest. I don't think he's shown enough to be an AFL player, but you never know, you never know. He's finally in AFL size, which is good, looking at his photos from the preseason. So who knows? Maybe he might be the surprise packet for Port Adelaide this year. Can you imagine if we'd finished this our drafting by bringing out Tom McKenzie and Jordan Butts on the rookie list? How, how ecstatic we would be. The, you would have been super stoked. I would have I been, been pretty so stoked. Happy. I would have been pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah, Tom McKenzie with that pick would have been great. Jordan Butts, another defensive option, would have yeah. certainly shored up our defensive options. But yeah. uh, alas, here we go. Here we are. Here we are. Here um, we are. And look, we did get two more players as a Category B rookie, so they're not mm. part of the real rookie list where like they need to be upgraded to be able to play. Um, the first player we got, Kai Pudney. Mm. He's a 186-centimetre midfielder. Outside midfielder, played for Woodville West Torrens, uh, won the uh, uh, won the McCallum Tompkins medal as the best player in the under-18s this year, finished third last year. Um, he's just a ball magnet, an absolute ball magnet. Yeah, I, I reckon, you know, you talk about elevation, I think that if um, either one of Broadbent or Hartlett has another injury season, I think that he's probably very much in line to get promoted and maybe play pretty early on as well. Hmm. Um, He's got a lot going for him, particularly with the pitard out uh, and our, our kind of weakness for um, taller halfbacks, which is a role I yeah. probably see him playing at AFL for Port Adelaide, at least in the short term. 
Um, I think that he's certainly got an opportunity. Um, if this needs one injury to an injury-prone player, uh, and he can be playing over football next year. So, Yeah. Well, I think this is a really good pick. I think we got a bit of a bargain to be able to get him for free, as we did. Um, you just can't deny that he wins a lot of the ball. He averaged over 31 disposals a game this year. Um, was able to pick up high numbers at the championships as well. Uh, he plays as that sort of arc-to-arc, hard-running outside midfielder. Uh, the only thing is he is a very bad kick at this point in time. Uh, very loopy, um, lots of hang time, often doesn't sort of spin the right way as well. Uh, but look, if you fix his kicking, and even, like, he doesn't have to be an elite kick. He just needs to be an adequate kick. You get him to an adequate level at kicking, he'll play a lot of AFL footy because he's just a... He's that hard-running player. He's probably going to be our fittest player since we've had since Kane Corns retired. Um, I think there's a lot going for him. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, like I said, I mean, there's a chance he could come in and play on that halfback flank. Uh, kicking, it's really weird that we had a draft. Where we've picked a couple of guys that you know really solid kicks, uh, and then we've picked a couple of guys that like nowhere near it. So um, I, yeah. I guess if we say put uh, Dersmer and Pudney 50 metres apart and they have to fetch their own ball and they have to kick to each other, I think they might learn a bit. It'll be good. Just, yeah. That's their training for the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Run around in circles 50 metres apart and then try to hit each other up. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it works. Um, really good. <laughs> uh, the last player that we got was Martin Frederick, who's a 178 centimetre small defender. Um, plays as a shutdown player. Again, good pace. Uh, good agility. He's a better kick of the ball, um, but he's got a very mechanical kicking action at this point in time. Looks a little bit unnatural, but um, again, he's a shutdown defender. Um, not sure about him 100%, but look, he's on the list. He'll get every chance to develop now. Yeah, look, if he wasn't category BR, I don't think we would have picked him. Um, I, I, no. I think he's a long way behind everyone. Um, he's probably the last person on our list, maybe apart from Tobin Cox. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, good luck. He, he might do something, but the odds are that he probably won't. But, hey, you know, the, the next generation ones, if he gets some other kids saying, oh, that was really, look, he's having a go, maybe I can have a go, then that's great. So good. Yep. That's it. Right, we've got some big footy questions. Uh, the first one is from Dirty2, which is, is Porsche still angry about Dersma? Not angry. I wasn't. I don't think I was ever angry about it. I was frustrated that I was frustrated by who we didn't pick, and I was disappointed by who we did. That's different. <laughs> mm. All right, that's your story, and you're sticking to it. That's good. Well, it's two uh, distinct <laughs> emotions that overlap, but they're not. It's not. I'm not angry about us getting Dersma. Like if we got Dersma at a later pick, like if we traded down and picked Dersma at a later pick, I'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, mm. But I still felt there were options I was very keen on still on the table. And that's probably more. Wasn't mistake. personal. That's it. No. no. Uh, next question: Do you guys think Port were always going to uh, to draft two players later in the draft, or was it something uh, whereby those players kind of fell to Port and they were too good to pass up on? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably went in with a plan. Um, mm. it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's something that we very rarely do. So the fact that we did do it, it feels to me like we planned on it. I think we definitely plan on picking a player late, mm. uh, just one. Um, traditionally, especially over the last sort of seven or eight years, we've always left one list spot open. Um, 
I guess you don't really need to do that these days because rookies can play off the rookie list now. Uh, they don't need to be upgraded. Um, so I was not expecting... I was expecting us to use one. Certainly wasn't expecting us to use both. But yes, I think that um, especially Woodcock is far too good to be to pass up on that uh, at that point. I think he definitely would have gone before our first rookie pick. Yes. Yes. Um, Andre has asked, uh, where's Porsche? I haven't seen her on Bigfooty yet. No, I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking that it's usually in the off-season I get in stupid shit fights and get pissed off with Bigfooty. So I'll come back, but I'll come back in like January, late January. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. And he's also said props to her for uh, pronouncing my name better whilst on the vodka better than most do at their first try while sober. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Steve Power has asked, who was your best value pick of the draft and also most overreached pick? Um, look, best value comes down to a lot of things, like are they good for where you got them, in which case we're probably looking at a rookie pick. I think, I mean, Tom McKenzie obviously is a great pick for North Melbourne where they are. Yeah, um, for sure. Where you got him, but oh, no, in the main draft, oh gosh. I think Val- even though we didn't really rate him all that much, both of us, I think Valenti at 32 is probably good value. For Frio, uh, I think thirty-five Bailey Williams, pretty good value. I think Tom Joyce at forty for Brisbane, he's the sleeper because he didn't play this year. Um, but look, he was coming into this season as a uh, as a top fifteen pick, and I think for them to get him at forty is a a big bargain. Yeah, I think for me, probably the biggest one would be um, Riley West going at pick twenty-six minus twenty percent. Like that yeah. probably puts him down what pick forty something. Like that is ridiculously good value for um the Bulldogs that one. Yeah. Um, Jared Cameron at pick thirty nine. That's about right, isn't it? Um, Fraser Turner. That's the other one. Fraser Turner going at pick fifty eight. I think. Yeah, that's, that's um, really late. I'm pretty. Keen that's on up that there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, overreached, uh, I still think. Look, I think Ned McHenry will play a lot of AFL footy. Um, but I think 16 was probably a bit early for mm. that one. Uh, I reckon 21 Brisbane Eli Smith was probably a bit early, um, just because I, I just don't know how much further development he's got. Um, and look, you could you could go through a whole bunch of mature age guys and maybe question whether they were too early as well. But at the end of the day, uh, they went where they went. For me, it's Chase Jones because you look at the players that went after him, and there's not a lot of them that I would pick him ahead of. Like I wouldn't pick him ahead of Coldwell. I wouldn't pick him ahead of Butters. I wouldn't bid on. Um, I wouldn't draft him before bidding on Blakey and Quainor. Uh, I wouldn't pick him ahead of Haitley. Wouldn't pick him ahead of Clark. Uh, McHenry, I'd probably pick him ahead of, but that's still the same problem, isn't it? Um, mm. You wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick Jones. Would you pick Chase Jones ahead of Sam Sturt? Well, no, I had Sam Sturt. 19th on my list, I had Chase Jones 24th. There you go. So, so you're going a long way down before you're sort of looking at players that are not, from my mind, a more sure thing than Chase Jones uh, at being yeah. a, a genuine AFL prospect. So I think that was comfortably the overreach of the first first round and probably maybe even the whole national draft. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, next question from Wind Power is, in your eyes, considering the talent that was available... What was better drafting? Our last two picks and rookie picks or our first three? Uh, I don't like that separation. (laughs) 
I feel like with our rookie picks and our late picks were sort of they're an interesting bag. Like the actual late picks, they were they were okay. The category mm. B picks, like getting Pudney for free, that's great. The actual rookie picks, I don't like at all. So in that within that, there's confusion. Um, mm. If I had to batch them, you go the first rounders, I guess. Yeah, probably go the first rounders. I think uh, youngster PA. If we didn't pick Dersmer, who would you guys have wanted instead? Oh, I think we covered that, haven't we? Yeah, probably Stocker for me. Yeah, safest one. Yeah. Um, long live PAFC. Why did we redraft Hewitt? What are the coaches seeing that we are missing? I honestly don't know. I don't have an answer for that at all. Well, I think finally he's an AFL size. He's put on a lot of muscle. He looks like a he could finally play as an inside AFL midfielder. Um, I think he's a very, very good runner. I think his fitness level is excellent. I think that's what the team is uh, the coaching staff are probably seeing in him. Um, and look, he might be a surprise packet this year. You know, he's fourth year on, on the list. Um, it's do or die for him now. And, you know, they want some form of return on their investment because they've spent a hell of a lot of time on him. And, uh, you know, if you delist him at the end of his fourth year, having not played a game, you kind of scratch your head and go, what was the point of that? Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I remember back in the day we talked about how long it took for Toby Thurston's to get his debut game, and I think it was less than four years. So, Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I think, I don't I don't reckon you, that, that if a player has not played an AFL game and they've been four years on your list, I just don't think they're going to do anything. I think that's, yeah. that's not, I don't think that's even harsh. I think that's just a fact, really. It, it would be very rare for a player to have spent four years on the list not really doing much and then suddenly becoming a consistent AFL player. And, and especially not without There wouldn't having, be like, too many. And especially not without having like missed two <clears> years <throat> due to broken legs or something. Like He's been pretty fit for most of it. So um, Yeah. yeah well, that's... Toby Thurston didn't play a game in his first four years and oh, then uh, obviously played a premiership. Yeah. Um, but he was a skinny kid. Skinny, tall defender, and you know th- things are a little bit different these days from exactly. uh, from what they were back then. Back then, you could uh, you know you, you draft guys and then you expect not to see them <laughs> unless yeah, you know true. for at least twelve months you don't expect them to play any games at all. You, you expect them to have their sort of development time in the SANFL for one, maybe two years, and then start to play games. Whereas these days you almost need that sort of immediate return on investment. Well, you do because um, teams are biased very much heavily towards young lists uh, more and more as time's gone by. Um, you, don't yeah. get, you don't get the career campaigners uh, all that often anymore. Like Tom Logan was kind of an exception in how long he managed to stay on the list um, as a guy, mm. not, not uh, an elite player, but uh, also not an 18-year-old. Uh, very yeah. unusual, uncommon. Most clubs maybe have one or two at most. So mm. Yeah. Uh, Long Live POC has asked a few more questions. Uh, he said, which players who missed out would be the best chance of a spot next year or down the track? Um, I'm still going to remember James Blank's name for future years. I think that'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, yeah, he could be the Jordan Butts of next year. He could well get drafted. Uh, would be interesting to see if he comes back as a mature ager next year in terms of his if he plays another year of TAC Cup yeah. as an overager. Because there was there was a few overages that got that got drafted this year. Daly Andrews, I guess, is another one. 
um, your mate, yeah. mate Daly, he'd probably be one to keep an eye on for sure. And Dylan O'Reilly from WA, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what he does mm, mm. Um, and if he gets another crack. Uh, what's your overall grade for the draft and trade period? For Port? Oh, God. It's been so up and down, Macca. <laughs> it's been mm. so up. It's been a very stressful off-season, I think, really. Um, I, I'm just not going to be happy because we traded Chad Wingard. Um, and yeah. for how we traded Jane Win- Chad Wingard, um, like if you say that basically we traded Chad Wingard for, for Xavier Desma and um, Burton, I don't think that's worth it. But, yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't feel worth it to me. No, I, look, we've our, our squad is worse mm. short term, much mm. much worse short term. I think um, long term, you just got to hope that it's better. You just got to hope that we've made the right decisions um, in terms of removing Wingard and Pollock and Pittard from the list, and in terms of bringing in the players that we've brought in. Hopefully, they. Uh, they become the players that they should become. Hopefully, Burton becomes a superstar that he could be. Hopefully, guys like Dersmer and Butters and Rosie um, become long-term star AFL players. Because uh, we need it. We need those guys to really come on and be become guns because um, we don't have a lot of elite quality coming through. So we need at least probably two of those guys to become elite players, I think. Yeah. Overall, great. It's a hard, how, do you, how do you rate it? Like, we lost... Chad Wingard, yeah, right. one of our absolute favourites. Um, so I don't know. I think overall it's probably a C. <laughs> I don't know. But I, that feels harsh. But then again, it doesn't. But then again, it does. I don't know. I think in terms of in terms of drafting, I think probably a B. In terms of the trading, probably a C minus. I mean, I think that also a lot of the value judgment on how you grade it, I think, comes down to do you back Ken or do you, are you waiting him out? I think if you're mm. waiting him out, it's a good trade period because we traded some mid-age guys to getting young ones that will be their replacements when we get a new coach in, what was it, three years' time? Um, but if you're pro-Ken, I think that you're probably thinking that we might have closed that premiership window a little. So um, <laughs> I think there's also that aspect as well. Yep. Um, get what you deserve has asked, uh, who was your preferred five, 10 and 15 pick knowing now who went top four? Um, Smith, Butters, Stocker. Yeah, I would have gone, what did oh, I say the other days? Butters. It was probably, uh, Rosie Coldwell, Butters would have been probably my ultimate three, I think. Uh, but I don't think Butters would have been there at, no. at, uh, at our third pick. Um, so then it probably would have been uh, Rosie Coldwell Sturt, I reckon, or or Rosie or Rosie Coldwell Hately, something like that. But um, that would have been my preferred, I think. Uh, port to Port opening game versus Melbourne. Who of the new blood do you um, put into the twenty-two? Uh, versus Melbourne. Um, look, I don't know. I, I feel like. <laughs> we could have a lot of debutants. Like we, we, we like Lysett will definitely play. You would think Burton will definitely play. Mays is a yeah. chance of playing, I think, as well. And then you've got you know Woodcock's a chance, Rosie's a chance, uh, Dersma's a chance. Uh, you know, we could see a drastically different um, first twenty-two going into round one next year. Yeah, uh, just for me, like if, if you sort of 
worrying about the kids' safety at playing AFL level. I feel like Melbourne's going to be one of the teams that tries to wrap teams up this year after their finals period. Um, it would not surprise me if Melbourne were the team that went out and roughed up a bunch of 18-year-olds. So <laughs> mm. uh, I guess I guess we'll find out. It would be my only aversion. But apart from that, I think what we said, you know, um, Rosie, yes, Butters maybe, Dersma potentially, and then probably Woodcock. Yep. And final question, past my promise, who do you think will be the better player, Coldwell or Butters? Um, oh, tough one. I think that Caldwell, if he can put it all together and stay in the park, he's probably got a lot of tools he can use. But I, I feel like the safer, a better the two for me is of being something and playing a lot of games. I think it's Butters, personally. Yeah. Um, look, I talked up Caldwell in our pre-draft podcast, something chronic. So uh, it would <laughs> it would have to be Caldwell because I think uh, if he's if he can get to some form of fitness, he could be an elite AFL player. And by elite, I mean sort of in the top sort of 10 in the league. I don't think Butters will ever be that. Um, so for that reason, I think Coldwell has the potential to be the better player. Most likelihood of reaching that potential, you'd probably go Butters at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if that's the last big footy one, there's a couple on Sprecky Chat. Uh, Craig Jones, yep. are you happy the Crows got butts? No. <laughs> no, not really, because I liked him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it seems that every year the Crows pick one or two players that I really, really like each year, yeah. which is uh, incredibly frustrating. Oh, I hate that. Um, one Touch Tommy has asked, what are our needs going forward, tall forward and dot, dot, dot? Uh, yeah, you would think. Next year, we'd be looking at a tall forward. I think another sort of centre-square midfielder. Um, uh, again, more players that can kick and can run. Um, probably a small defender of some description. And maybe another key defender. Well, I think all other positions are probably set. Yeah, I'm tall forward, one or two, tall defender, and then probably just whatever... what um. Whatever is most obviously lacking in the Port Adelaide side next year, which I yep. have a suspicion will be X Factor, but we'll find out. <laughs> yes, probably. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Run to Tommy again. Is Rosie the best kick at the club? Might be. Uh, might be. Maybe Butters might be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Hamish Hartlett, he's back. Yeah. Here's one from Johnny. Would you guys have traded next year's first for a crack at Stocker or Hill or Riley Collier Dawkins? I feel like where we are right now, an extra year of development in these players would have been priceless. Well, I tell you what, I really hope Carlton didn't offer us that deal. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Because I would, I would have been shattered had that happened. What if we'd taken it, or if we if we take if we'd had it and turned it down? You mean? And turned it down. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends on where you think we're going to finish next year. Yeah, I'm not so keen on that. Um, in hindsight, I'm I'm still thinking we're probably going to finish bottom six, which yeah. means we'll get a top six pick. Mm. Um, trading pick six for pick nineteen this year. Yeah, probably probably not. I don't think. I think we'll get a better player with pick six than what we would have got, than what someone like Stocker or Collier Dawkins will be. 
I think we'll get a better player next year. Yeah, and as far as the extra year of development, I think that we kind of, I think we've picked as many midfielders as we need, almost. Um, and the reason being that you know we still haven't cycled out guys like Atley and Drew yet to determine like we're this is their crunch year. At the end of this yeah. year, there will be room for more midfielders if they don't make it. So yeah, you know that that's sort yeah. of where we're at. We need to cycle through until we actually get them. But just loading up on heaps and heaps and heaps, I'm not sure that's the best move. It'll just frustrate all their opportunities. So for sure. Um, bah, 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 bah. I think that's almost it. Uh, One Touch Tommy is also excited about the pad. Basically, a tall Kane Mitchell with the same haircut. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Kirsty has said, read the tall forward. Dougal Howard can play both back and forward. Can't help feeling he'll end up forward again. Uh, I kind of don't see that, um, if only because of how much he loves spoiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you? You good? All good. All right, and Johnny's also said Ian Hill is an instant impact sort of player. Yeah, he could have been. We didn't pick yeah. him. There you go. All right, cool. He'll probably leave GWS in two years, <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. be honest. I can't see him staying there for his career, to be, you know, to be you, true. You never know. You never know. You never know. It might take, Stranger things. It might take six or seven years. <laughs> yeah. Righto, and right, that you know, is you. the podcast done for 2018. Hey, season's done. everyone. Um, gosh, I'll be be looking forward. This is this is the real this is the real hole of the football season. Like between the football ending and the draft, there's plenty to talk about. But now, yeah, and even the training stops. There's even you don't even get the training reports after this. Oh, oh it's going to be a dismal hot summer waiting for Port Adelaide to come out next year and just that faint glimmer of hope. I guess we'll see what happens next year, Maka. Guess. The- the last thing I want to say is you have to go on Big Footy just to check out the, the training photos. Right. Uh, the one that was done last week and look at the state of Aidan Johnson. Oh, it's not good. Because it, it's not pretty. I, I don't need <laughs> to see it then. No, you need to see it because it's, uh, it is, it's staggering how much weight he's put on in <sighs> a couple of weeks, in like Poor seven guy. or eight weeks. Uh, he's come back in the worst state I've seen anybody come back, which is uh, which is not good enough. So that, that's something great to leave the podcast on. What Thanks. a great note that is. Well, no wonder Beauty. we drafted uh, small forwards. Maybe that's what made the decision to use that last pick. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, look, I hope everyone has a safe uh, Christmas period, a safe holiday period. And uh, yeah. I'm sure the podcast will be back in some form um, next year. Yeah, we'll work it out. And look, if you if you're out there, you've um and you've got a, a you, ambitions on actually being on the podcast or hosting a podcast, or something like that, always chime up because you know me and Mac are light breaks. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Excellent. Alrighty. Thank you, well, Portia. Thank you, Maca. It's been a good year. Hopefully, next year is a better one. Hopefully. All right. Until next time. Come here. Who do we say instead of Butcher now? Dersma. 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 Cox. Officially it's Dersma now. Dersma. He's got to keep his feet corns just worried him out of it. Slips the handball to Treadray. Back turn. Well done. Little give. This might be it. Corns, Treadray, Pierce.